Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. I'm still on an emotional high off of Black Panther and all of its greatness. Welcome to this edition of AYNE. Lewis Mercedes, your host, will be joined by Kyote Howard. Second appearance on AYNE. Kyote Howard of Scriptly Adapted and I will be breaking down everything there is to break down about black panther because there is so much to dissect it's been on my mind all damn day and i can't wait to get into it but before i do get into it i want to mention that i also checked out another film that's up for quite a few oscar nominations including best picture best picture best actor two categories in best not two categories Two actors in the same category for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, And this film is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yes, you kind of need to take a couple of breaths before saying that title over and over again. But Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri stars Francis McDormand, Woody Harrelson, and Sam Rockwell. And it was written and directed by Martin McDonagh. And if you're not familiar with his work, he also wrote and directed a little film by the name of Seven Psychopaths in 2013, and before that, In Bruges, which starred Colin Farrell. Now, this is a very, very rock-solid film. I mean, it's so entertainingly written that you would think that you're watching a Tarantino movie, but that's how Martin McDonagh screenplays are typically karen and i really enjoyed it it definitely leaves an impression on you because you don't really know what to expect as the narrative unfolds but the the plot the the basis of the plot is francis mcdormand plays a mother who a woman who whose daughter she's basically outraged at the fact that there has been little to no response from local law enforcement officials as it pertains to the death the rape and murder of her daughter so she takes it upon herself to pay for these three billboards on the outskirts of of ebbing missouri to be put up and those billboards are basically calling out the lack of response from the sheriff and you know all the other local law enforcement officials and you know without spoiling too much it that's where the film unfolds where the town along with the police are challenging her to take the billboards down but she is just tired of she's just not taking any shit for lack of a better term and it just (laughs) the way the plot unfolds is is really interesting and it's it's a very entertaining film and I thought Francis McDormand knocked it out the park. It is a it is an Oscar nomination that is well deserved. Even for Sam Rockwell, he <laughs> Sam Rockwell is just one of those 
entertaining, so entertaining and so talented actors. Like he's he's so underrated, really, because no one really mentions Sam Rockwell when you talk about rock solid actors. But because, you know, he kind of comes across as a character actor for the most part. But he was I, I mean, he 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 knocked it out the park as well. I thought this was a very well written and well directed movie. And I definitely recommend it. It actually won a couple of BAFTA awards over the weekend. So I wouldn't be surprised if this film picked up the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. I would. It would not surprise me. And I wouldn't be surprised either if Frances McDormand won Best Actress. But then again, she's up against a, heavy, a lot of heavy competition. So three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Definitely check it out in time for the Oscars. And without further ado, my man Kyode Howard of Scriptly Adapted, Black Panther. Mr. Howard. What's going on, my man? What's going on? Hey, man, everything is all good. I, I went to bed feeling very, very relieved. After yep. watching. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I would I would equate it to sex, but not, not quite. But <laughs> not quite, not quite there. Not not quite there. Nah, but, not quite there. But, but almost. You know, but almost. Yeah, almost. But you know what? As as geeks and cinephiles and fanboys, it's it's like the closest thing. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, man. I mean, man, what can you say, man? I mean, <laughs> where do you where do you want to start, man? Like what? It was well, we can we can definitely start by you reintroducing yourself, yes. just in case people didn't listen get to listen to the first time we were uh, our first rodeo, basically. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, my name is Kyode. Uh, calling, uh, you know, speaking to Lewis, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, college buddies. Uh, my wife and I do a uh, film show, a film review show called Scriptly Adapted. Uh, you can catch us on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, we film our show out of LMC TV, Larchmont Mamaronic Television. Um, and we, you know, we have a full studio show and we try to, you know, just do creative things with the film review. Uh, you can check some things on Instagram, you know, some things we do on there. This month is Black History Month, so we've been posting a lot of, you know, black artists, uh, either from film or TV, and just celebrating them, man. So, you know, scriptly adapted. Check it out. Scriptly adapted. That, that's what's up, man. And you know what? I actually want to give you props because I've, I've really been enjoying the uh, posts that you've been having on Instagram. Thank you. So of thank different, you. different, different African American actors and filmmakers, and just people, basically stars, and anyone who's been involved in in black cinema who we kind of have forgotten yes. because they, you know, they they always get swept swept under the rug for obvious reasons, mm -hmm. but. It's always refreshing when I see that page because I'm like, oh, yeah, man, this guy did this and this woman did that. Yeah, man. And this this is a, a good introduction or a prelude for what we're going to get into because one of your posts was of Sterling K. Brown. Yes. Yes. And yes. that I, I was completely caught off guard because I totally forgot that he was in Black Panther. So, yeah, yeah you know, for a second, I forgot about him as well. Um, totally forgot about him, but you know, once again, it's Sterling K. Brown, and he does his thing, man. I mean, <laughs> he was even even for the little bit of what he was on screen for was was 
important. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, it was it was a very crucial role, and I think it was crucial. like a total of I don't know seven minutes of screen time, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when when I watch Sterling, K, I first discovered Sterling K Brown last year uh, because that's when Karen and I got into This Is Us. Uh-huh. And oh, we just a, I'm sorry, Luis. I got to interrupt you for a second, man. Uh, yeah. My wife and I just got into This Is Us. Just got into it. We're on episode six of the first season. And oh, you'll you love it. You know why? Because it's, it's great couple. It's a great couple's binge watching. It series. is, man. It is. I got to give it. I got to give it to, to NBC. I mean, this is this show right here, man, is pretty solid. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet because the way it's written and the cliffhangers and I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you, I'm putting it out there. Uh, the second the penultimate episode of the se- I haven't uh Yeah. But because we're just waiting to binge watch it basically, but that penultimate episode of season 1 I'm not going to spoil too much, but there's a scene with Sterling K. Brown where it literally brought me to tears. Really? Yes, I was. Yes, I had tears running down my cheek. I, You know, I keep hearing everyone telling me, hey, man, are you going to do you think you're going to cry? Or do you think this is uh, this is going to get to you? And I, you know, I, 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 I just don't if it does that, it's it, it's going to it does its job. It, it did its job. But yes, I don't and that is a testament to Sterling K. Brown, because. Karen and I were always saying, as good as this show is, the the real highlight is whenever um, uh, Milo, uh, I don't, I can't pronounce his last name. Vincent The dude from Heroes, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. But whenever he's on screen or whenever Sterling K. Brown is on screen, because Sterling K. Brown just has this really powerful screen presence. He does. He absolutely does. Um, and I notice he's been getting more and more roles now, because after that, we, we binge-watched uh, American Crime Story: The People versus O.J. Simpson. Oh, and he fantastic. was sensational yes, in that. Yes, absolutely fantastic. Yes. So I'm I'm just like at the point where I'm I'm like this close to just considering him one of my favorite actors because like I would literally go out of my way just to see him wow. act. Wow, wow, that tells you something, man. I mean, you're right. He's been getting a lot more roles. Uh, you've been seeing him a lot more. I mean, but his cachet has gone up, man. He's a he's a Golden Globe winner, I believe it is. Yep. Uh, yeah. Golden so Globe. there you go, man. Uh, that's 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 like the golden ticket to, you know, open new roles and more opportunities for your face to be seen and people to know who you are. So that right there. Plus, this is us and his stellar performance in damn near every episode. I mean, so far. Solid man. Uh, yeah, like like I said, look look out for that towards the end of the season. You're gonna be like, wow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 into it. I'm into it for sure. So let let's get into what. First of all, what did you think of the film overall? I mean, I think it's blatantly obvious. <laughs> you, yeah, you know, Lewis. I gotta tell you, I I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. For me, it hit on all cylinders. Um, you know, it's, 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 I look at it as an origin story, you know, because we don't, we never, you know, we haven't seen or really known much about the Black Panther story. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know how origins are, you know, it's a little slow here and there and it picks yeah, up, you know, you, it picks up, you know, second, second film picks up their film and so on. But first film alone to me was good enough. Like I thought it was, uh, beautifully directed and edited and shot 
Um, I, 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 I thought everyone had great screen time. To sh- yes. So, yeah, it was beautifully shot, and as you were saying. Yes, beautifully shot, um, well acted. I mean. Oh, no doubt. You, you know, I, I did a little scriptly adapted quickie on this. I thought the chemistry between each actor and their scenes was so authentic feeling that, you know, you could tell these guys spent a lot of time with each other, got to know each other. Um, you could tell on screen when you have a cast that knows each other and has been doing this a lot with each other and a cast that has really not connected, but they still get the job done, but it's not, but you don't feel anything from it. And in this, I I felt, I felt the relationships, uh, especially between um, Chadwick Boseman, uh, Boseman and his sister, especially that brotherly sister. uh, Yeah. Brotherly sister vibe, and then you know it was just really God. It made me feel good, man. You know, as an African American man, to see positive influences uh, from tech to uh, to to wealth to royalty, you know, to superhero. Like it just felt great, man. It was just oh man. It from the details, Lewis. Like I could get into details. I could get into the music. I could get into the African, oh, yeah. the African guard. But overall, man, I just felt it. It it, it was solid. How about you, man? Yeah, I mean, I I felt exactly how you felt. Um, as a person of color, it made me extremely proud to see how organic everything felt. How positively, how positive. Uh, everyone was was depicted. Yes, you know you didn't really feel like you didn't really feel guilty that people of color are are thriving or, or for for any particular reason because you would think like in a superhero movie that showcases violence and it actually is pretty violent. Yeah, More violent than I, it, I it was. Yeah. Expected. Mm-hmm. But you know every superhero movie is gonna glorify violence and explosions and you know your typical action sequences but this was like so well so expertly executed that you you felt like it was just a triumph you i felt like i was witnessing a triumph before my eyes and like you said from cinematography to the acting to the score amazing score um just the, the overall direction, like Ryan Coogler just and company just they really knocked it out the park, man. I, I wouldn't absolutely I wouldn't give this anything less than uh, four and a half stars if I was rating it out of five. Absolutely, absolutely four and a half stars for me. I mean, absolutely four and a half stars deserves the there's deserves it big time. Uh, not just saying that, you know. Because I'm I'm black and I and I and I want and I, and I want the, <laughs> yeah, you I want to the film, yeah yeah and I want the film to win big time, but uh, you know I mean God it just it just it just did it for me man like I I thought uh, the only the only downside of the film for me uh, and no it wasn't even it was more technical uh, the only downside was the actual uh, to me. I thought the CGI wasn't that great. And I'm really? talking, I didn't think it was that great. Not compared 
to the other Marvel movies. I don't know if they used someone different. I didn't do research on that. Uh, but I didn't find the CGI to be that great. Um, and I felt some of the fight scenes were a little bit too dark. But I don't know if that was the theater I am I, I was in. Um, I don't know. But the opening fight scene I felt was a little too dark. And it was so fast I couldn't tell what was going on. Um, I yeah, I felt like there's someone. That yeah, opened. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, I just I couldn't see anything. I don't know if it was because of the theater or if it was just me. But I mean, overall, I mean, aside from that, I mean, I I can't I can't really tell you anything I hated or disliked about it. Um, I I, I think I might have wanted maybe another fight scene, but probably that's, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I mean, I you know that's me that's me trying to pick out something let's pick out something you know yeah i was trying to pick out something on the way home from the theater yesterday too yeah yeah. and you know what i'm gonna have to agree with you the cgi was it was passable and i thought it was it looked impressive but i think the the cgi and the fight scenes right left a little to be uh desired but i think the the visual effects for wakanda itself were stellar yes yeah, like not not including the fight scenes, but just like whenever the the the, the scenes are transitioning. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, so I was saying that the CGI and uh, for Wakanda itself, I, I can't wait. It was so impressive and highly detailed that I can't wait until the sequel when they actually play in this universe and utilize it more. Right. Because what they gave us was. I mean, believe it or not, I mean, it, they gave us a microcosm of what Wakanda was. And mind you, they yes. already showed the grand scope of it all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but I, you know, again, that's just little things nit- nitpicking here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah listen, man, I, 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 I tried hard to find something I really disliked about it. I really did. Well, um, yeah, and, exactly. It, and, you you know you know that's how a film is successful, and it did its job when you're yeah. trying hard to nitpick at stuff. When I'm trying hard, and like I mentioned before, man, the only real things I could really point out <laughs> was, was, was that CGI, the, the opening fight scene, uh, and, and maybe just giving me something else, another fight scene, like just giving giving me giving the fan that that one more scene of like battle. But I think I think it it gave us enough, man. I think it, you know, leading into Infinity War, like I feel like it it gave us enough, you know, to hold us off until that big battle, you know. It exceeded my expectations, and what's interesting is that Black Panther has set a new precedent and a new bar for subsequent sub- superhero movies. Yes. Like we all know that Infinity War is going to be like out of this world, incredible, incredible, but. Yes. But Black Panther is already like in a uh, in a, a league of its own. It which is. is amazing because no one no one expected that. Like we all knew, I think we all knew in the back of our minds that it was going to be pretty solid. Yes. But we didn't know that it would turn out to be the phenomenon that it has because this has become this was a cultural event over the weekend. You what? had people dressed in African garb, uh, performing dances at the movie theater, like doing <laughs> photo shoots. <laughs> Like my, my, my friend D'Angelo just told me today that when he walked out of the theater, 
Uh, people were throwing the X's up at one another yeah. and just giving each other hugs and pounds. And that's a truly beautiful thing for a film to to be that powerful to unite everybody. Yes. I think that's that's amazing. And that last scene where that which is one of my favorite scenes actually, um, where they went back to Oakland mm. and you know they started the uh, the outreach program yeah. where they were gonna you know put more resources and allocate more funds to improving the community. Yes, and that right there really touched me. And you know I was almost on the verge of tears for the simple fact that it was so resonant because I I didn't grow up in the suburbs. You know I'm not yeah. saying I had it hard like other people i grew up in the i grew up in the hood like let's i'm just gonna call it like it is i grew up in the hood so for i'm just envisioning myself as one of those kids where we're playing in a a basketball court or we're just outside and you know all of a sudden a, a a cool a cool looking ship from another world lands and and it's like okay they're gonna they're gonna make our situation better, right? Because it's it's our people giving back to us. Yes, and I know? and I thought that was important, Lewis. I thought that 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 stood for a lot. That one scene that we need more uh, more blacks with access and money to come into these neighborhoods and create these 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 safe havens, these these places for young minds to go to and discover their talents their god-given talents uh to lead the next generation into the future you know what i'm saying you're like we need more of that and i think that's what it showed that you know a man who's not even from here but still sees his own people these young kids and t- and takes care of them by buying up real estate and setting up these these programs to to develop these kids man develop these minds you know what i'm saying like it's very important i, I thought that scene was 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 really important i don't know if everybody like latched on to know what that deeper meaning was but there was a meaning behind that and kugler did that on purpose because kugler no is from that type of area he's from that area right yeah yeah you i know? think he's a west coast guy right yeah he's a west coast guy so you know he people probably didn't think he was going to come out of that you know what i'm saying and become this 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 big time 200 million dollar plus director you know what i'm saying <laughs> like yeah i know, you know? i know and it, it, it takes people with access and 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 finances and money to uh, of color to help other kids and people of color and, and i think that's very important to see yeah i thought it was an extremely powerful allegory absolutely um probably one of the most powerful scenes that i i've ever seen in a superhero film yeah just because of how realistically how real it was. Yeah. Yeah. Man. You know? And I think that's part of the reason why uh, Black Panther has gotten universal praise is because despite the CGI and despite the fact that Wakanda is a fictional world or a fictional nation, uh, you know, and despite the fact that you have to suspend your disbelief because yeah. this is a superhero movie at the end of the day, it's etched in realism. Absolutely. You, you have know, to, like the, yeah. there, there were political undertones, and I'm not even going to say overtones because the film was not preachy at all, and that, no, that's what all. I think a no. lot of people appreciated yeah. the fact that they were making subtle references to um, the white man being a colonizer, uh, and yes, yes. you know all the all the all the references to slavery and stuff, but they were just inserted in doses. 
you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't anything that was too explicit to the point where you're like, yeah, it was one yeah. of these again. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't anything that made you look at the film differently and regret <laughs> and hope to your, <laughs> right. and, and hope to yourself like, oh man, Ryan, I hope you didn't do this all throughout the movie, man. I hope you didn't do this all throughout the movie. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't a CNN commercial for you know two hours and fourteen minutes. You get what I'm saying? But they yeah. did. But they were able, like you said, to put in some some historical facts, like colonizer. You know, you know that's is what it is. You know, what I'm it is what it is. Right, right. Um, um, you know, slavery. Um, even today, when uh, you know T'Challa goes to the UN and mentions, you know, mentions uh, the wall in a, in a way. You know, he mentions uh -huh. borders and all that good stuff. You know, so you know you have to do that, especially with a film like this, with this type of content, uh, with this type of cast. With that type of director, with what's going on today, you 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 have to put in some type of political stuff. But as long as it doesn't drown out the film, uh, you're good. And I thought it was great. I thought he did a good job at you know separating it and spreading it out a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I it, he pretty much delivered whatever I was asking for and then some. Yeah, because absolutely. I I didn't. I didn't think the film was gonna get political, and it really didn't. Just you know, apart from a couple of lines of dialogue here and there like my favorite line probably of the whole entire film is when michael b jordan's character killmonger when he's you know he's practically about to die and you know chadwick boseman well t'challa he's saying that he can still save him there's still a chance he's like you know there's still a chance like we could save you right and uh killmonger responds by saying you know, what are you going to save me for? What? So you could just have me in chains and locked up again? See, yeah. Like, I'd rather you throw me in the ocean with my ancestors because even they knew that death was better than bondage. Mm. Yeah, and I was, was just like, yeah. holy shit. Like, exactly. that's, that's powerful. <laughs> that what, yeah, dude. That one statement right there. It, it, yeah, like you said, it was powerful, man. Like, that... God. You give me it, it just makes me I gotta see this movie again, man. Because yeah, it was I'm, so I'm dying to see it again. I'm itching to see it again. My God, man. That yeah, that but you see you see what what I loved about I'm just gonna talk about Killmonger for a quick second. Michael Oh B. no, yeah, no. You could talk about him for for a good minute. Yeah, yeah. Mike like, Yeah. Michael man. B. Jordan was really like the, the show stealer, the scene stealer. So I'm, so I'm gonna so I said this in a, a, a one of my quickies. I loved, I loved his character. I loved his story, his backstory. Um, I thought he was a very complex, interesting character. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, uh, did he steal the show? No, he didn't steal the movie for me. Um, I thought he was very, I thought he was good. Um, but, but most people that I was reading blogs and, and listening to friends talk and they were like, oh man, he's, he was the best, he was the best. I didn't. I didn't get that. Um, I got that he was very good, though. That I just wanted. I, he was very good. I loved his character. Loved his story. But what I must say, his character was so more, much, so interesting. Right? This is a kid you, from you know black youth, inner city, who 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 essentially uh, uh, gets fallen into the system. Right? So <laughs> his his name is not even his African name. You get what I'm saying? Like his, right. his royalty. He, I mean, because essentially he was in, within the royal family, right? 
uh, Odin, yeah, you know? Yeah. So his name is now Killmonger, right? Which is this name that... Oh, and even before that, it was Eric Stevens. Yeah, Eric Stevens, right? Which is this name yeah. that, you know, was this name that the... Killmonger, which was this name that the system now gave him, right? And now, and now he's on this discovery in a way, reluctantly, but on, on a discovery to find who he is, his roots, essentially, right? And, and it just... His embodiment and his way of delivering this character now he wasn't just someone who got lost in the system this was a guy who was very accomplished within the system right he, he went to he went to mit he he was first in his class he he went on to uh graduate in multiple levels of armed services and become this uh hence the name killmonger this guy who was this sharpshooter assassin big time war guy you know so essentially he he wasn't just this guy who was left in the system and became nothing. Uh, right. He was this guy who had some deep roots, A, through royalty, and B, through, you know, intelligence. I mean, this guy was very smart. Smarter than what people looked at him because of his look. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I, God, his, his character was so calm. I wish, I wish they didn't, I don't know if he's coming back, but I, need, I, I would like to see more of him. I think there's so much more there. Or do you think... What do you think, Lewis? Like, do you think there's more there? Or do you think they did the right thing as far as his character? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they killed him off. But I think there there are more layers to him because of his complexity as a character. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to say that he's hands down the best Marvel villain ever. See? Uh, okay, why do you say that? I'm curious. I, I've and, heard that no, and the reason why I say that now we're talking about Marvel Studios movies, not the not the Fox X Men movies. Yeah, you know, right. Obviously, that, that title goes to Magneto, hands down. Absolutely. But when I'm talking about the Marvel Studios in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, every villain, with the exception of Loki, and even Loki to a certain extent, is one dimensional. They're just destroying shit, and their motives are just very the word i'm looking for like they just i feel like they have no logic mm. for I, I i mean they're not supposed to really because they're they're bad guys and you can't really reason with sociopaths but at so, the same time i feel like their motives are kind of like silly so what so no true purpose to their actions yeah, right because even with ultron ultron was a disappointment Yes, uh, in Age of Ultron, because you know he was entertaining, but it was the same old, same old, and you see the same pattern with all the Marvel movies. Like the villain in Ant Man was this way. Right. Um, the Red Skull, disappointingly enough, was like that in the first Whoa. Captain America yes. film. Yes, uh, you know the list. I can go on and on, but when I Killmonger was like a, a breath of fresh air because he was a villain that. Yes, he did serve a true purpose, uh, true purpose, and he wanted his, his goal essentially was like very similar to all the other villains prior to him, and mm -hmm. where he wanted to globally dominate to rebuild. Right. But he felt like he was the heir to the throne that he never even got to. He never got a chance. Part of. Right. You know, because his father was was killed, and he he never really got to know his his lineage and his heritage. Yeah, and I think there's something very powerful about that. Absolutely, and uh, that's the reason why I think he's like by far the, the the best written Marvel villain that they that they've had thus far. 
I definitely agree with you. Um, I definitely agree that he, as a Marvel villain character, probably is the most uh, complex, the most interesting, because you, there's layer upon layers of just uh, pure complexity that is very entertaining. Um, and th- th- that's what made me want to know more. Like, I kept, I wanted more Michael B. Jordan. You know, not in that way, but the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, no. I wanted, like, I wanted, I wanted more Michael B. Jordan because I wanted to know more. I wanted to know how, how he became this Killmonger. Like, you know, I wanted to see scenes of him, you know, studying to get back into that, you know, studying to, to be this guy at MIT and then, you know, reclaim what he thought was his true royal crown and all this stuff. Like, I wanted to, I wanted to see that development. I mean, you know, you can't do that within two hours and 14 minutes, but you get what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to, yeah. he made they, me. They probably right. would have done that if it had been a series. Right. Like, if right. Black Panther had a, a Netflix series, uh, they definitely would have gone into his backstory for sure. Absolutely. Like, if they would have had one or two episodes dedicated to just him and, and his, his exploits and... Uh, you know all all of his his developments growing up as a kid and right. coming into his own as a man. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And you know he, you know his character, you know his character was amazing, man. Really, really, really interesting character. And I I gotta say about another character, Okoye. You know. Uh, oh yeah, Michelle from The Walking yes, Dead. Michelle from The Walking Dead. Yeah, I don't know her, her real name for for the life of me, but um, she was her and Lupita Nyong'o's characters. If if okay, if Michael B. Jordan didn't steal every scene, then they definitely did. Yes, and, and that's they what led me to that. Yes, fucking ass, man. Yes, they did. Yes, they did, man. Uh, Michonne, uh, her, I, I believe her name is Denai or Denae. I don't know how to, I don't know how to pronounce it, but she, by far, to me, she was the scene stealer in a lot of those scenes. I yeah, they, you can make that argument. That's a valid argument. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, you know, to me, man, she was the one who really, you know, who you wanted to, you wanted to. She was a badass. Like she did so much within the film. Uh, she led. She was the general of a, an all woman's army. I, I mean, how bad? <laughs> and was killing it. You know what I'm saying? And then in the scene, uh, one of the final scenes uh, where I believe it was Wakabi, uh, Daniel Kalua. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I believe that was her man, her 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 bay. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. <laughs> and, and I, you know, at that scene, he bowed down to her. Yes. You know? Yes, like he looks at him like, "Oh, babe, you really you gonna you gonna kill me for this?" Right. And so she was Wakanda. like, and pretty much she she was like, "At any mean by any means necessary." That's what she basically said. And then he bowed down, man, and and that was it. That was it. No questions asked. You know what I'm saying? Like the powerful women portrayal in this, you know, similar to you can even take it back. I mean, this this isn't Marvel, but similar how they showed the the women in uh wonder woman yeah her, i was just her, say that. that's what i was army. thinking her army you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like it was just beautiful to see like all women you know stood up for their kingdom their king uh uh their beliefs their rituals and and pretty much was the driving force behind t'challa becoming a successful king you know what i'm saying taking that crown yeah and 
that's another reason why I love the film so much is because the the, the gender representation is excellent. excellent. Because yes, it's the titular character. You know, he's the star of the show. Right. But I walked out of the film thinking, you know what, Black Panther wasn't even T'Challa wasn't even like the star. No, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like these women were the the real like the strongest backbone of that whole entire narrative if you really think about it absolutely absolutely strongest part strongest backbone and it also showed you something man you know god i believe there was so many innuendos here like i believe the purpose behind the women arm the the female army uh was to show you the 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 black woman's role in the home, right? Right. How she is the backbone of every household. She is the one who leads the family. She's the one who gets her man up and has him go out, does his thing while she does her thing as well. She mm. works she works a nine to five. She comes home. She knock you know, she knocks dinner out. She knocks kids out. She supports her man. And and there's this relationship, this strong black unity of love and understanding. And, and and they got each other's back no matter what. That's what I got from that. You know what I'm saying? And, and she's still willing to put a spear in his heart. She's still willing to put a spear <laughs> in his heart. Yes, man. And I thought, man, if you couldn't show black unity or love any better, it's to have it between a man and a woman, which is very important. Um, then I don't know what you're watching because I definitely think that uh, Black Panther hit on that, man. Definitely. For sure, man. Yeah. Um, going back to Michael B. Jordan for a second. Oh yeah. He he and Ryan Coogler have developed this filmmaker actor relationship that's I love sort it. Of equivalent to the whole Scorsese De Niro relationship, or more recently, uh, Scorsese and DiCaprio. Yes. Um, because you know every every director has his his or her favorite actor or actress to work with. Oh yeah. Um, and. I mean, this is taking it back to Fruitvale Station, you know, a little film called Fruitvale, Fruitvale Station that was really well done. And Michael B. Jordan with that powerhouse performance. Absolutely. Um, and that was on a budget of 900000 but that was that was five years ago. W w could you have even fathomed foreseeing the level that Ryan Coogler has come to now? Because he, he got that big budget for Creed. Knocked it out the ballpark. I thought absolutely. Creed was, was excellent. Solid. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, that was on a budget of $45 million, But then when Marvel, they actually gave him a budget of... They, they said, you know what? We're trusting you so much that we're just going to give you a $200 million budget. One of our higher... <laughs> one's a, a budget that's on the higher end. Mm -hmm. And just go crazy. Paint the town red. This is your playground now. Yep. And I he... He did not. He did not disappoint. No, definitely at all. Not. Definitely not. Um, I, you know, I saw Fruitvale Station uh, five years ago in a movie theater with my wife um, at a, I believe it was a, uh, the Museum of the Moving Image in Queens. Oh, cool! They were showing they were showing a, this movie called Fruitvale Station. And we had no idea what it was about, but we saw Michael B. Jordan and we knew he was this, you know, upcoming big, you know, upcoming actor. Mm -hmm. And very little, you know, we knew very little about Coogler. 
but you know we said let let's take a try on it and Coogler to me in that one film I said to my wife and I said this guy is going to be something else he's going to be a great mixture of like a Spike Lee and Antoine Fuqua like being able to go both mainstream and independent yeah, like and a John Singleton. John Singleton, like, still have that, like, he could still do gritty stuff, but he also has the audience to do a Creed or Black Panther. You get what I'm saying? And, yeah. And yeah. have all people come out and see it. And I said that to her. I was like, he's going to be big. And as soon as I found out he was getting Creed, I was like, okay. Okay, here we go. $45 million budget? Okay. Not bad. Here we go. And then as soon as I knew about the budget for Black Panther, and what they entrusted him with as like, oh, oh, done. Yeah. I said Coogler all Coogler has to do is deliver on this film. Get you know, the film's gonna make money, but the, what they did this past weekend, I don't think I think they I listen, Coogler, yeah, listen, you 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 could be humble, I get it. But in the back of his mind, he knew he was gonna blow this up. He knew he knew it was gonna it was, <laughs> he knew that this film was going to be big. And I got to tell you, man, his progression as a film filmmaker, which I've seen all three of his major films, uh, has been beautiful to see. I mean, he's a great storyteller. You can tell he takes his time with films. He, he's very intricate. He's very intricate with his, uh, with his details, details. That's what it is with him. He's a very yeah. detail oriented director. And I appreciate that because I love details in films and, uh, you know, he's just, you know, he's the next generation, man. He's it. He's it. Yeah, he definitely is the next generation. <laughs> I found out yesterday, because I didn't really know this prior to, but I was just curious to know how old he was. He's like yeah. in our age group. He's like yeah. 31. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's... Uh, we could have went to purchase with him. We could have went to purchase with him, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like he could have literally been sitting in our fucking class just writing blueprints for, for movies like Fruitvale Station and Creed or yeah. even like writing a, a rough draft or an outline for, for Black Panther. Like, oh, maybe maybe Marvel will hire me someday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, Ryan, in the yeah, back of class, just, just scribbling notes and stuff. Absolutely. Listen, yeah, Ryan Coogler is, uh, he's 31 years old. Birthday is May the 23rd. Oh, May 23rd. yeah, he'll be 32. Yeah, he's about three, not even two years older than me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so which is which is crazy, and like you said, he could have been that guy just sitting behind us, you know, uh, just just writing films, and you know, we could have been best friends at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best friends at one point, you know, be I a stand, know, know, be a, a stand-in for uh, T'Challa, you know what I'm saying? Like be a stand-in. <laughs> but yeah, it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing, man. It's amazing what young minds are doing with you know with with their creativity and their artistry. Uh, it's a beautiful thing, man, and I respect them. Big time. Big time. Yeah, as a teacher, I can't wait to see one of my former students 20 years from now making the next blockbuster, and I could be like, all right, that's my, my, my sense, sense, sense of fulfillment. Yeah. Like, all right, you, you did it. Yeah, right? <laughs> this is what you're supposed to do. You did it. Exactly. <laughs> I can sleep. Exactly, man. You know, seeing, seeing these people that you, you know, you you probably were in the class with or you probably were teaching in your case you know see them go out and do something great in the world contribute somehow is you know very it's very cool you know yes sir
Yeah, so I don't know how much you heard before I got cut off about Christopher Nolan. Did you hear that part? Christopher Nolan, yes, I did get Christopher Nolan. Okay, so yeah, so basically Christopher Nolan is a genius because Warner Brothers, they gave him as much creative control as a filmmaker could possibly get with a lucrative property like Batman. Mm -hmm. And he just took it around with it. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, boom. Trilogy, that's it. He he pretty much made the godfather of superhero. (laughs) The godfather trilogy of superhero. uh, That's a a great way to put it. Absolutely. And that's, and then it's, it's never been the same after that. No. You know what I mean? Like DC, well, Warner Brothers was never really able to recapture that greatness because Christopher Nolan set the bar so damn high. Yeah. But what's amazing is that Black Panther is, I mean, it's still early, you know, but I think years down the line or even like two, three, uh, even a year from now, Black Panther is probably going to be put up there with the Dark Knight as as a game changer. Mm. I mean, this this pretty much set a new precedent for comic book adaptations, especially ones with people of color. Right, absolutely. Like it, it broke a lot of barriers. Like you can put Black Panther up there with Logan, Deadpool, mm. the Dark Knight. Those are all game changers in the superhero genre. The Avengers, like those are all going to be considered classics. All the films that I just named. Wow. You know? Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I mean, man, Christopher, I mean, thinking back at Christopher Nolan's, you know, Batman trilogy was amazing. And yes, it was a game changer. He did ruin it for a lot of directors that even want to touch this film now. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's true. he ruined it for a lot of guys. So I definitely agree with you, man. I definitely think Black Panther is going to be up there with these films that we look back and we say, listen, this was a cultural change. Like he changed the landscape of uh, of, of filmmaking with for people of color, just showing them in a different light, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and he executed so beautifully through everything. <laughs> very, and like I said, Kugler is a guy of, uh, of of you know he's very meticulous. You could tell in his filmmaking, he's very uh, you know he's 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 got his way of doing it and uh, storytelling wise, and it works every time. I mean, we haven't seen anything that hasn't told us not so yeah and he has another film on the horizon an hbo film that also stars michael b jordan and michael shannon actually called fahrenheit 451 that's coming out this year yeah yeah it's an hbo film oh okay okay yeah and that that has like great written all over it because michael shannon is just well he's michael Michael shannon Shannon. he's he's fucking great yeah scares me but i love him (laughs) yeah i met him i met him in person years back get out of here yeah, I I called him um, because I used to work in the news court building as an overnight concierge, and right yeah. before my shift, I walked down. The, I was like a block away down the block on Forty Seventh Street, and they had uh, one of those theaters where you would have these um these more uh, smaller scale Broadway plays, but would have the likes of Larry David and Christina Ritchie and and people like that. So I happened to walk up the block, and he was he was there signing autographs because I guess he had just finished. Wow! On the show, and I met him, and I'm like, oh, I'm looking forward. This is 2012. I'm like, man, uh, it's it's a pleasure to meet you. Like you're you're absolutely incredible in Boardwalk Empire, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you playing Zod and Man of Steel. Yeah. And he's like, oh, thank you, I appreciate it. But he's very socially awkward. Is he? <laughs> yes. He, I, I feel like he's playing himself in every role. <laughs> 
I actually have that picture on Instagram. If you go way back on my Instagram page, I still have that picture of me and Michael I, Shannon. I could totally see that. I could totally see him being being very socially awkward. Like very <laughs> very like much more like his characters. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Know you. Like it was it was uh I mean, it wasn't that awkward for me, but it was fascinating to just see somebody who I'm watching all the time on TV and, and film just like, wow, like you really are, you really are Michael Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. Nice. Nice. Michael Shannon. Yeah. So, yeah, I got, I got, I got funny stories, funny run-ins with, with celebrities like that. I, you know, yeah. that's a topic for another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, let's talk about Ludwig Goranson's fantastic score. Excellent. Uh, like, really yo, well, really those well subtle African drums and the voices like the... <laughs> yes, sir. So, yeah, can we talk about the box office performance of this film? Like, I would have... I knew it was going to shatter some type of record, yeah. but I didn't think it was going to be like that, bro. I did not foresee at all, even without the four day, the extra day uh, of the extra holiday, because with four day total was 218 million. But even without that extra day, 192 million. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing that came across my mind because I'm like, OK, I'm I'm assuming that it's going to make like somewhere between 120 and 150 million, which is huge right. in itself. But the fact that it's like the fifth biggest opening ever of all time, yeah, of yeah, time. It, it, it actually outpaced. Well, not outpaced, but outperformed every other Marvel Studios release, with the exception of the first Avengers, which is for insane, insane, insane. Let me let me let me break down some numbers for you, man. I, I, it beat out Peter Rabbit, which is a good thing. So you know you did well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know you, you know you did well when you beat out Peter Rabbit, but. Uh, <laughs> Black, yeah. Black Panther uh, domestically, as of February nineteenth, mm-hmm. is at a, is at a, is sitting at two hundred thirty five million. Jesus, right? Uh, foreignly, in, in foreign, it made one hundred sixty nine million. Uh, worldwide, it's at four hundred and four million. Wow! Worldwide, four hundred and four million. Oh, it'll uh, cross the million mark easy. Now, four day total for. Black Panther, like I explained before, was 235 million. Four day total for the Avengers Age of Ultron, Age of Ultron, 204 million. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's uh <laughs> it it's definitely uh, solidified itself as a major blockbuster. Um, did you did you did you think, Louis? Let me ask you something. Did you think this film would have? taken on such a cultural been a such a cultural phenomenon like it is now like did you expect that from this no no right no i did not i did not i thought the only fan base that this would have would would have been the uh the comic book fan base and the 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 people who have been following the mcu for the past 10 years and you know you know i knew there was going to be a high uh african-american audience just because yeah. of the the subject matter but I, I didn't think it was gonna be like that i was just first of all i was already blown away at the fact that it set a new record for uh pre-ticket sales 
I, I thought that was really impressive. Right. And I, I, I didn't foresee that at all. But then once it's, they had mentioned that it made like 70 something million in one day, like that first Friday. And then I'm seeing everybody posting about it on social media those first two days. Like so many people that I knew uh, went to go see it Thursday night and, and that first day. And it was just like, wait, this is, this is something special here. Yeah. Yeah. Something special. Like I don't a, a, a film not named Star Wars that yeah. <laughs> this much of a, a, a cultural yeah it became so much of a cultural event like let's be for real now the only movies that actually do that are the Star Wars films uh, right yeah right now yeah the Star Wars films I mean the last Star Wars film made what six hundred million two months ago but Star Wars is pretty much the only franchise that can cultivate that kind of following. Right. And this is sure it's a Marvel Studios property, but it's it's not a sequel, it's not a reboot, it's no. not a prequel, it's original content. Yes. Not not original in the sense where, you know, the story is from scratch because obviously right. it's a Marvel property, but you know, it's not a continuation of anything. It's it's the first the first full length introduction to Black Panther because audiences were already treated to Black Panther with Captain America Civil War. Exactly. Yes. And yes, yes. He, he stole a lot of the scenes that he was in. He absolutely but, did. You he know, other than that, it was like, this is like his first, you know, solo feature. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this, all of this for Black Panther, like this, this hype must be warranted because like, this is crazy. Yeah. I got to tell you something, man. I, yeah, Civil War is where obviously we met we we started to find we found out about Black Panther and T'Challa and all that good stuff in his story a little bit, um, and I think I'm going to be honest with you, Lewis. I I knew from the introduction of Black Panther in Civil War and what he did, hit the reaction the audience had to yes. him just in those scenes. Yes. I knew once Marvel decided to make their own movie with him, it was going to be big. I knew this was going. I felt it. I knew this was going to happen. I, Ryan Coogler being on board is really, and when I found out who the cast was, Forrest Whitaker, Angela Bassett, uh, you know, Lupita Nyong, Nyong'o. I mean, yeah, seriously, that that I cast, mean, perfect. <laughs> I mean, you know, come on, man, like that, Michael B. Jordan. I mean, that cast alone. Yeah, because when I saw Captain America. Um, uh, when it premiered that Thursday night, uh, Thursday night screening, and it was the same type of reaction when the first time you see Black Panther in his full costume and he's jumping towards Bucky, Mm -hmm. uh, and fighting Captain America, yo, the audience went nuts. 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 And I was just like, I mean, I went nuts too, because I was like, yo, this is, this is fucking bad. I I love Civil War anyway. That's one of my top. Civil War was excellent. Civil War was excellent. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, that's just a side note. Like, Civil War, Winter Soldier, the first Avengers, and Black Panther are like my top four favorite yeah. Marvel films at the moment. Yep, I, I give it to you. Oh, that's, that's until that's until Thanos Thanos comes out and starts fucking I shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. That's what we're waiting for. Well, so wait, so so Lewis, let me let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Uh, your you you put Black Panther in your top five Marvel movies. 
Yes, now we're talking Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios, yes. Fox properties and stuff, because that's a separate entity, unfortunately, as ridiculous as it is. Because yes. I love X-Men. Um, but, you know, I- I'm just I'm just saying Marvel Studios releases. Yes, Marvel Studios releases. What is your top five? Well, you know what? That fifth spot is kind of vacant. I mean, I'd probably put the first Iron Man there, because I-, I-, I really I mean, didn't enjoy the first Iron Man. That's what started it all. Yes, absolutely. You know? Um, but... Yeah, I mean that's pretty much my top five. You know that first Iron Man, the first Avengers, uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, Captain America: Civil War, and Black Panther. I have to put the fact that I'm still reflecting on Black Panther and, and I'm still getting goosebumps thinking about some of the scenes. How can I not put it in my, my one of my five exactly. favorite? Exactly. Really? I know it just came out this weekend, but yeah. yeah, it's 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 just it's too damn it's too damn good. Too damn good, too damn important, and you, it's too damn good, man. I mean, from the from the light drums in the background in certain scenes, from oh, the, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get to that in a moment. Oh my god, it just man, it, it just it gave me. I'm sitting up there like a little five year old in my seat, like I'm sitting up, I'm wide awake, and I'm like, yo, this is this this is fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Seriously. Now, it was it was it's it's truly something special yes. and i think i think the fact that it it is so self-contained it doesn't even feel like a marvel it didn't <laughs> there were moments right there were moments that you know you you were like oh okay they're connecting to the the larger mcu universe and mm-hmm. brought back claw from age of ultron blah 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 yes. like you knew yeah. that this that and Martin Freeman's character of Civil War. I'm like, all right, that was pretty cool. But for the most part, it did not feel like a Marvel Studios film. It felt no. like its own entity. Like it was it was self-contained, probably the most self-contained Marvel Studios release to date. Yes. Absolutely. And I thought it benefited from that. I, f- I felt like it truly benefited from not relying on the 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 larger world building within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yes. like the recent movies have done, like they didn't bring on any other characters. I mean, you get the the, the after the post credit scene with Bucky, obviously, yeah, uh, that was gonna happen because you know that's where Bucky's being held, mm-hmm. but he wasn't in the film itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Ragnarok and Spider Man Homecoming, as as great as as those movies were, and as entertaining as they were, as they were, they probably worked better because of the fact that you had Iron Man and Hulk as as co-stars. Right. Absolutely. I agree. This film in its own right, he did not need any other heroes. And it I think that's that's fucking impressive. It didn't it didn't need any other heroes. Um and I said that before, it definitely it definitely did not feel like a Marvel movie to me. Um it it, it was it it felt like it was its own film of its own. Um, but that leads me to a question to you, Lewis. Do you believe that this film would have been as successful if it wasn't associated with Marvel? Like, let's just say Black Panther was just a regular superhero movie. Same cast, same director. Do you think it would have been as success- successful, or do you think it is because of the Marvel machine that it was this successful? Do you get what I'm saying? I think it's a bit, it's a little bit of both. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because I was having this conversation um, 
prior to me watching it with uh, my, my good friend Carlos and he he also went to purchase too he mentioned that Marvel Studios that is could do no wrong no. so at this point it, come on let's call it like it is they can do no wrong no. so when you have a film that has that stamp of this is a Marvel Studios release that's like a uh, an assurance of quality Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's cool like yeah, it was a, it was like a genius quote on his part. He said that's an assurance of quality. Yeah. Like you get that stamp and you know you're gonna get something good, even if it's not the most perfect thing. You're gonna get something good. It's kind of like the Disney brand. Any f- film that comes out under the Disney brand, you know you're gonna get something good. Something good, yeah. Yeah, like you whether it's a classic and and you know an unforgettable movie that's that's an entirely different story depending on how you receive it but you know you're going to get something quality like Marvel Studios at this point they're not going to put out garbage or anything mediocre they're going to work very hard to find the most fit actors for the roles the most fit filmmakers to execute the vision absolutely and they, yeah and you know they're going to find the best visual effects team they're going to find the best film composers you know the, the whole nine so i think in that regard it being a marvel studios film definitely helped and it was like a a nine month promotional uh tour or something like that some something uh, crazy like that where it was like you know a lot of that money was put into lots of advertising because they were they were banking on it big time oh yeah now if it hadn't been for the marvel studios release it could have been a hit. I'm pretty sure it would have, but I don't think it would have been the phenomenon that that it was. I see. Okay. Because Marvel, yes, you had the talented cast and everything like that, but that, the the Marvel brand, the Marvel label, is just that extra oomph. Yeah. You get right. what I'm saying? You're right. Like, it wouldn't have grossed 192 million. It probably would have grossed more in line with what we were all predicting, which is like, you know, 115, 120 million. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that my tone is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's only, only 119 million yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> right right so i think it's i think it's a, a bit of both you know I, it was I, like, I totally it was kind of like uh it, it benefited both parties in a sense nope i i get it and I, I i i totally get what you're saying um that marvel machine is it's it's big time it's it's like going you know what it is? It's like I, I, I compare Marvel and DC to two things. I compare Marvel and DC. Like, like Marvel is the it's the high quality product in the store, right? It's it's the it's the Beats headphones, right? Of of, of <laughs> yeah. Beats headphones, Bose headphones of of electronics, right? But then you look next to it, and then you see this cheap, decrepit, you know, smaller version of the Beats. Uh, yeah, you're gonna piss off a lot of DC fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> listen, man, DC needs to come out with some better stuff. And then you got DC right next to it. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, look at the- DC's not even in conversation not right now. Not even, not even in conversation, my and friend. I feel bad because I'm a, I, I love Batman. I'm not, I'm not really a DC fan like that. Um, yeah. I'm just not into their characters all that much. Maybe Superman when I was a kid. But I love Batman. I've Bat- always loved Batman. Oh yeah, Batman's my man. That's like I got him tattooed on my arm. So I, you know, I got Batman's my guy. But my God, man, when you look at 
both of these companies and their movies, it's like comparing like apples and oranges. Like it's it's no comparison. Like it's no, it, it, it's true. Uh, I mean, I think Christopher Nolan is a genius just for the simple fact that he made Warner Brothers gave him full creative control of the the trilogy and the vision that he wanted to make for the best score. Man, crazy. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, the subtle African drums and the voices with the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was uh, it was just so atmospheric, and really like awe-inspiring because yes. it really put you in the setting of Wakanda. Absolutely. And but 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 to, to for for me, I was already anticipating some of those sounds because I had listened to the Black Panther soundtrack, which is curated by Kendrick Lamar, as you probably yes, already knew. absolutely yep. um. You know, and and the, the soundtrack itself is amazing. And as the soundtrack plays out, every song has a little bit of those those sounds that were featured in the film. So like the 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 subtle drums and the voices, and you know how and and Kendrick while he's curating on on different songs, it'll the concept will be about T'Challa, so he'll be like, "I am T'Challa." And then on other tracks, he'll say, uh, I am Killmonger. But I didn't get the con the context of it fully until I saw the film a week later. Ah, once I, I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, this sounds and this sounds so much better right. within the context of the film. And then I went back and re- revisited the soundtrack, and I'm like, wow. Like, the, the soundtrack and the score in the film itself, they just complement one another. They just fit in so perfectly. I think Kendrick Lamar was, like, the perfect artist to, to really curate that that soundtrack oh but absolutely absolutely yeah, what were your thoughts on that score man that, that like, shit's incredible like you mentioned man if you're gonna have anybody do a score for you well not score but in this case the soundtrack and you're doing a film about uh black uh culture black uh uh, positive representation then you need Kendrick Lamar on that soundtrack you know what I'm saying like, yeah, seriously. you know what I'm saying uh, I thought it was a perfect mix um, Ludwig Gorenson I gotta give it to him he's he he composed Creed he composed Fruitvale Station as well whoa so, I totally didn't know that see I didn't yeah. do my homework I don't do my homework a lot on <laughs> shame on me yeah, listen, man. I'm because I'm a big guy. I'm I'm big on composers, man. I feel like if it's not, if the music isn't good, if the mu- if the if the composer can't get you to love what you're seeing on film, then you're probably not gonna like what you're seeing on the film. You get what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the mood, the music, is the driving force of the mood and emotions and action that you're seeing. And if you are just not delivering that then I'm not gonna like the film that's me personally I'm just not gonna like it uh, so he's become pretty much uh, uh, Brian Coogler's John Williams you know what I'm saying <laughs> like, yeah become, I, I, you know like Spielberg yeah, that's, and that's, John, that's crazy yeah Spielberg and John Williams like Coogler and Gorenson man like God Gorenson is so talented you know I'm looking at pictures of him I and I see this guy and I'm like you know 33 years old from Sweden uh, right, Swedish, yeah, yeah, you know, young dude who just pretty much immersed himself in, in African culture to be able to pull to pull this off because you that, had, to- yeah, you have to, you got it because that dr- the drums, the 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 tribal the tribal like sounding like yells like the the the, the 
God. It, and then he was able to also mix in that superhero feel because that triumphant hero feel as well. So he did that well and mixed that well with the whole African vibe. And 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 it just worked. It mixed and it, it had me, man. Like that was one of the first things I noticed. I was like the score was fantastic. It 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 drove the movie for me, man. It did a lot for me to enjoy to keep enjoying the film because I was excited to hear what he was going to do next and what scene he was going to change it up on. You get what I'm saying? Like it just really did a lot for me. No, it did. It also did a lot for me too. Um and I love how those subtle sounds were played <laughs> they were played during they were inserted during the most of the fight scenes yes and and they and they they were inserted so so brilliantly that it didn't overshadow anything that you saw on the screen either no it didn't no like if anything it complemented what was going on on the screen yeah and it heightened the suspense a little bit for me as well because that's sure. because that would be all you would hear sometimes is that little like like that that subtle low sounding drum or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? Like that's all you would hear. And it just heightened the suspense because you didn't know what was coming up. You didn't know what was gonna happen. You didn't you didn't know what was, you know, what to expect. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it he just played it out well, man. It was it was very well done. Very well done. Yeah, I'm I'm almost certain that he, he spent an extended amount of time in Africa. Absolutely, uh, you have to. Like, yeah, just getting to learn their way of life. Because there's no way you can compose a score that detailed without living that lifestyle for a period uh, or, uh, you know, a few months or a few weeks, whatever it was. But you you have to immerse yourself in what you're basically trying to depict. You have to, man. You absolutely have to. You have to. Especially in this case, because you got to get it right. And him from coming from Sweden, he better not mess up this black score. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> you better, you yeah, better not I, mess this I, up. I guess it would have been somewhat more acceptable if he was from South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> you better not mess this score up. Yeah. Right, right. You can't, you can't mess that score up. You can't, can't mess that up, man. Cannot. You're, you're coming from Europe and nah, yes. man. <laughs> yeah man so there's probably a lot of pressure on him man a lot of pressure you know yeah, he, had to show up, he had to show up big time for this yeah holy shit though like I, I now I gotta go back and revisit Fruitvale Station and Creed because yeah yeah, I, I, I that completely went over my head that he was a composer for those films yeah he was a composer for both films man both films yeah oh, and worked and worked on the soundtrack for Get Out it really? Yeah. Huh. That's that's very interesting. You know, you mentioned Get Out, and I'm thinking of Daniel Kaluuya, right? And I just realized yeah. he's British, which is which yeah. is pretty cool. Which is pretty, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But what are the chances? I know this is like a topic, like this is just a quick sidebar. But what are the chances that Get Out wins Best Picture? You know. I, I was talking to my wife about this and she's convinced it's not winning Best Picture. Like she's she there's no she is pretty convinced it's not winning Best Picture. Me on the other hand, I believe that it will win either Best Picture or Best Director. Now, I'm convinced it will win one of those, right? But 
realistically, it will probably win best original screen. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Um, I, you know, it's just there's just too much hype around this fish movie called Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just too much. There's just too much hype around it. Guillermo del Toro sweeping every award. It's just it's lined up for him to win. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's the last of the three amigos to not have an Oscar. Pretty much. Yeah. Quaron and uh, Alejandro and Yuritu, they they got theirs. Yeah, they got theirs. Yeah, you're right. God, you're right. Absolutely. So it, it's only right you you <laughs> you you hand them this. Uh, but I mean, does it just? I haven't seen the shape of water. I can't really comment on it. Yeah, shape of water was okay, man. It wasn't. It, it didn't. You know, it didn't do much for me. It didn't move the needle, but I didn't hate it. So I mean, I don't know. I get out. It, <sighs> See, I was saying this last year, uh, or was it a few years ago? About uh, about um, uh, oh, man, what is that movie? Uh, Moonlight. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I was. I, I didn't think Moonlight would win Best Picture. I really enjoyed uh, Moonlight, and I enjoyed it. I but it, it but it did win Best Picture. So I don't. I don't know, man. I I don't think it's going to win simply because of what's going on with. The Shape of Water and what it's been doing at every other award show. Uh, uh, but what's good is that hopefully it does get something. I hope it gets original screen screenplay uh, because he, Dan, uh, Jordan Peele, has been winning awards for the screenplay. Yeah, so, yeah. so this, you know, these awards are precursors to what you're going to see on the Oscars. So. Uh, I believe it, it, it'll walk home it'll get something as long as it gets, it gets some type of recognition for its for its genius yeah, because be like, I, that movie right. it'll be like a, a Pulp Fiction kind of scenario where uh, Pulp Fiction didn't win Best Picture but it, it took Best Original Screenplay and that's that's just as good in my yes. eyes just as good man yeah just as good I take that uh, and I think it'll, it'll, it'll get that at least um, but just being nominated for that film, you know, who knew? No, like, right. A year ago, I would have never predicted that. Like, get out, being nominated Dude, I mean, for, and, and and grossing that amount of money. Like, Daniel Kalu was officially part of <laughs> two of the biggest grossing movies of the past two years. Two of the biggest grossing movies of the past two. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yep. He's part of it. Yeah. It's, it's so, crazy, man. Yeah, so what do you do now? Like, so I guess I, I guess we sit and wait because now we're gonna have to see if this is, if you know, if it gets a, if it gets recognition, you know. Uh, I I hope it does. Um, I believe it'll get something. I just don't I just don't know about the the the, the best picture. No, I, don't I, don't, I don't think the, the best picture are. either. Only because this is still the academy that we're talking about, who are very skeptical and reluctant towards the superhero or any genre of films really because it was a shock a complete shock that logan got nominated for best original screenplay like best original screenplay crazy. like yeah. you actually nominated that for that category like that is yep. fucking huge <laughs> like that is a milestone <laughs> achievement in itself absolutely you know, so, absolutely you know i, I think black panther I'm I'm pretty sure it'll I'm calling it I'm predicting it I know we're very early but I'm predicting that it'll get nominated for best original score like I don't see why it it it, it wouldn't it's just that's just a, such a fresh sound I I don't 
I mean, look, like I, I said, it's early it's... and there's still plenty of other movies to come yeah. out, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't see any. I don't see any awards, man. I don't see any awards in its future. I don't know if it. I don't know if it. It struck a chord like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. I don't even know if it. I don't know if it deserves that. Not dissing the film. Not not coming down on the film because obviously I loved it, but I don't know if it deserves that. I don't know if it deserves that. Like, even in like some technical categories, like sound mixing. Okay, okay, maybe sound mixing and editing, maybe cinematography, because def- I thought that's. I'm saying no. I'm not saying like yeah. uh, like the 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 major awards like acting and directing and screenplay. But I'm talking about, oh, like, okay, the yeah, 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 aspect yeah. of it. I can see that. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Technical aspect, absolutely, absolutely. It, it, it should be nominated at least for something. Yeah, yeah. No, I would. I think this is going to be an outrage if it doesn't get nominated for at least one thing in the technical category. I, you know, I totally agree. I mean, and who knows, man? The, the, uh, the, these old farts that are running the uh, the academy now. I mean, who knows what they could do? They may surprise us and put this in best picture. And put this in best picture. Can you imagine? Like, who, Holy who knows? <laughs> they may surprise us and be like, you know what? We're gonna shock them. Black Panther, best picture nominee. We we could be shocked. Who knows? They've done weirder things. Yeah, no, I know. There, there's been weirder things. And, and then the day of the ceremony, the night of the ceremony, and the Oscar goes too. <laughs> yeah, driving Miss Daisy, driving Miss Daisy four or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it could go, it could go, it could go to something like that. But who knows, man? I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I would love it, um, but I don't even think the movie needs it. But it would be awesome to see that, uh, especially somewhere in technical. But if it does get something on the higher end, I mean. Man, all for it, all for it. Yeah, seriously. Yep. So some some final points, right? So we see Bucky in that post credit scene. And, yes. Uh, T'Challa's sister says, "Come, you have you have, you still have lots to learn." Now, we know that a good portion of Infinity War is going to take place. Uh, at least one of the big battle scenes are going to take place in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Do you think that? Oh. So yeah, <clears throat> you good? You yeah. Me? No. Yep. I got you. Okay. Cool. So yeah. Um. So I was saying that the, one of the big battle sequences, from what we've seen in the trailer, is taking place in Wakanda, yes. and we know that it's inevitable that Captain America is going to get killed off, but. I I fear I feel such a sense of doom when I see clips of that battle sequence. Do you think they're gonna kill off Captain? Well, okay, I guess it's like a two part question. Do you think they'll they'll kill off Captain America in Infinity War or in Final Avengers film next year? And or do you think one of the major Wakandian characters gets killed in? Because I'm I'm speculating because like, I know that Chadwick Boseman is signed on for more films, right? Uh, because you know there's obviously going to be a sequel to Black Black Panther, but I'm wondering what if there's that possibility where the one of the characters that we actually really adored, like one of the female characters, is a casualty in the film. Oh, man, uh, you know you know Lewis, it's 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 almost inevitable, man. Like this is Infinity War. 
So I don't. we're going to lose someone big. Who? I don't know. It's definitely not going to be Black Panther, obviously. Like you said, he signed on to definitely for a sequel. Um, Captain America? I Man, I didn't even think about that, tell you the truth, man. Like, I have not thought on who we're going to lose. Uh, it's going to be big, too. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Maybe, yeah, it's definitely going to be big. Because maybe, maybe Chris Stark. Yeah, well, it could be because Chris Evans has has been he's it's obvious, but he's been saying that he's not returning as Captain America, and we all well, not that we all know, but if you followed the comics somewhat, you know that Captain America dies and he's eventually replaced by Bucky. Hmm. So if he doesn't die in this one, he's probably going to die in the next one. Absolutely. So I mean, there you go. I mean, uh, I remember that vaguely too uh, that he is replaced by by Buckley. Um, Hmm. Man, I didn't even think about that, man. Because, like, I I was thinking about the trailer again, and I'm like, you know, there's obviously going to be lots of big battle sequences, but the Wakanda one is the one that is just sticking out because Black Panther is fresh in my mind. Right, right. Do you, who do you think for sure? Like, who do you think that, if I had to take a guess, I, I would put my money on Iron Man, possibly. Uh, but I, but like you said, I mean, from comic books, I mean, it's only it only makes sense that it's Captain America, and like you said, Chris Evans said he's not signing on for anything else. So, I mean, well, well, neither is Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Hemsworth either, because they, you know, they, they've they've done a lot of movies. Like I think they <laughs> they've reached their their capacity already. You right, know, right. So man, it could be. <laughs> It could be literally any one it of them. It would be either one of them, except for Black, <laughs> except for Black Panther. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Except for Black Panther, Spider Man. Yeah, or Spider Man. Yeah, those, yeah, those two, those two are untouchable. You're not gonna, you're not gonna kill those off. Kill them off. Yeah, no, no. Spider Man, he still has that sequel coming out. I believe in 2019. Absolutely. Yep. And, and uh, the Black Panther sequel doesn't have a release date, but you know that's that's coming within the next two to three years. Mm-hmm. Yep. So man, that's gonna be- it's an interesting question because they can't they can't uh they can't not have a casualty right. if they want the stakes to feel big. Because if this is the culmination of what they've been building up for the past ten years, there has to be at least one or two major casualties. Like I just can't see them not killing off a character. Because yeah. you need to raise the stakes. Because you this is to. it. Like this is like the 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 be all end all of yeah, Avengers. Man, this is Infinity War, man. Like someone's got this is big. Thanos. Thanos. I mean, come on, man. I mean, yeah, I like, mean, I have I have the comic, the the, the first comic uh, here at home. Um, the the first uh, the original Infinity War comic, and Thanos kills a lot of them, <laughs> like quite a few of them, and. And you know, because obviously, because of the the rights that that they don't have to the X Men and Fantastic Four, it, it kind of puts a damper on it because Thanos is fighting all of them. They, he's he's facing the Avengers, the X Men, the Fantastic Four, uh, fucking Silver Surfer, like you you name it. Yeah. So, you know, with that being said, I heard and I read that 
there's because you know they're obviously keeping it under wraps and they just finished filming uh, Avengers 4 as it's tentatively titled right now they just wrapped up production on that mm-hmm. supposedly one of the infinity stones that is the time stone the one yeah. that was featured pri- primarily in Doctor Strange supposedly that plays a really really big part in Infinity War where they're gonna play around with the timeline and that's going to lead into the next one. Interesting. Oh, okay. That's that's what I read. I don't, you know, you can take that with a grain of salt. Yes, sir. Yeah, so with the whole time stone thing and whatnot, playing with timelines. So where I'm going with this is, so Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out in July. Now, my theory is that the events of that narrative of Ant-Man and Wasp take place before the events of Infinity War. So whether it be like a few months or a year prior to uh, what happens in Infinity War, that's what I that's that's my theory. Hmm. I mean, it's still early to speculate on that, but because why else would Ant-Man not be involved in this Infinity War movie, but he's he's going to be in the next one. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It no, would just yes. if if like it opened up with, uh, you know, five months before the events of Infinity War. You know, like that little that little intertitle. Yeah. And that you know that that's because Captain Marvel comes out next March, and that takes place in the '90s. So, and she's she's gonna be in the the final Avengers movie. So we don't even have line for that. Hmm. Okay. See. Yeah. So that. And then, and then, you know, the the fan speculation. They're saying that now that you have the whole Disney and Fox merger, <laughs> that if you do play around with the timelines, that you can actually include the X Men. And that'd be awesome, man. You, I, God, it, it, that would be awesome. But I feel like that's too much fan service it, it, for the sake of for the sake of doing so. It is, man. But oh God, I love the X Men so bad. Like it's me too. I feel me like too. I feel like they they. Oh, it would be so great to see them, you know what I'm saying? Like, and and like you said, if it, if they could play around with the time because of that stone, like if they can make some type of storyline that allows them to integrate them in somehow, man, like I take it. I I I'd, I'd love to see that. Um, is this going to be the last one? Is this it? The one, the one after, in 2019 is going to be the the last one for the Avengers that we know. Okay. Like the Avengers that we we've been watching since uh, you know 2008. That's it. And then after that, when Phase Four, um, or I, I believe it would be Phase Four that starts. That's going to be like just branching off into new stories, mm-hmm. like just telling new stories and. Because, you know, they, they got shit lined up for a long, 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 long time. Right. You know, those, those execs, they're not stupid. No, they're, like, they're definitely. They only speaking long term. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, Black Panther will probably hang around for another movie or two, maybe Spider-Man. But there's, there's more stories to tell. You know, like, it doesn't just stop with Captain America and Iron Man and Thor and Hulk and all those guys. And, and now, especially that you have the... You know, once the Disney and Fox merger becomes official, now you can actually start 
including all of these X-Men characters and all the all the, oh, and, and Fantastic Four and you know Doctor Doom and Galactus like yeah, you can you can yeah. definitely expand Galactus is somebody that I've been dying to see Galactus because yeah. they they that was such a fucking disservice with the Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer oh, movie Oh my god complete, Like complete. really Galactus was a cloud <laughs> come on bro <laughs> <laughs> That was the biggest piece such of shit trash, I've ever seen such trash yeah i mean the silver surfer was okay they pulled that off pretty good right but the fact that they they were hyping up galactus the whole movie and then finally the climactic scene he's heading towards him and all you see is a cloud in the sky yep are you serious this is this is galactus we're talking about the eater of worlds like he's the next (laughs) he's the next biggest baddie next to thanos like are you kidding me yep they gave us nothing to that. Yeah, it was very disappointing. Very yeah, disappointing. and I actually saw that in the movie theater. Oh, man. You, you spit. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been pissed. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, you know, Spider-Man. This came out a month after Spider-Man 3. So I'm like, oh, Spider-Man 3 was a disappointment. So maybe Fantastic Four redeemed, redeemed things somewhat. But you know what? That PG rating just scared me because I'm like, why would you go PG? Yeah, man can't go you can't go pg with something like that see i hate films that do that when you know it's not supposed to be pg but they run with pg simply because of marketing and getting the kids in there they they just it's god it ruins it it ruins a film i hate pg they should just get rid of pg ratings i can go on a rant about pg all day <laughs> well, yeah i could i could see your hatred towards hate, the hatred well I, th- I think pg there's nothing wrong with pg because you know you need pg for the kids but of course but not if you're this. gonna make something simulating violence it's it's like wwe right like why why is wwe pg who knows uh, the obvious answer is because of the sponsors absolutely. and all that stuff. absolutely blah, blah 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 but at the end of the day pro wrestling simulates violence yeah like how like, is this pg like i don't understand I don't know. Like, like, how is this kid friendly? It's not kid friendly. Not at all. Not, not, not when they're getting thrown off of uh, ladders and, and and through tables and sledgehammers and kendo sticks. Like, there, there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no PG there. I don't know what happy go lucky show you're watching, but I don't see. I nothing. know. I don't see nothing PG. I don't know about you. You know what I'm saying? So, well, and this and this is why Logan was perfect because you finally got an R-rated Wolverine movie. Yes, and that Logan is and Wolverine. He's supposed to be R-rated Absolutely. because he's just that. He's just that kind of character. Yes, and I appreciated Logan so much. Um, God, solid film, by the way. Man, I never got to speak about Logan, but Logan was. Logan was oh my god! So I, had to, I I watched it twice. Like I I, I loved it. I, first of all, Wolverine is my favorite. Marvel character. Oh, nice. Of okay. all time. Okay. Like, I just, I love respect the that. X-Men, but I, I love Wolverine. Respect that. I respect that. You know? Yeah. And Hugh Jackman is Wolverine, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. He is the embodiment of Wolverine. And when I saw Logan, it was like, like almost tears of joy, because this is the perfect send-off for Hugh Jackman and his commitment to the role. Mm-hmm. And it's the perfect send-off to the Wolverine character for just having that endearing quality uh, on the big screen yeah. for all these years. Yep. And I, you know what? I, I, and I appreciate James Mangold's 
black and white noir version too. I saw both versions. Oh, did you, man? How was that, man? I, I didn't. The I didn't noir, the noir version is just as good. You you forget that it's black and white. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, because you know the film plays out like a western. That was James Mangold's. Yeah. Uh, that was the, those were his, his intentions. Like he wanted to make Logan somewhat of a, a neo noir slash neo western. Yeah. And. You can see that because it's a very existential superhero film. Ah, okay, got yep. Yeah, and and the and the black and white it just adds to that element. The black and white. And like the second time, I I made sure that I was gonna watch the black and white version just to see, you know, the subtle differences. And yeah, I, I loved it all the same. Yeah, you know what? I never got a chance to check it out. I'm I'm gonna check that the black and white out. Um, does it does it change tone at all? Like, does it change? Did it? Hell no. no! It's the same profanity, same, same amount of bloodshed. The only difference is it's a different color palette. Okay, but it just—it looks like it was naturally shot in black and white. That's that's what's impressive about it. Okay, that, that's good, man. That's good. That's good. Yeah, because you know it was obviously done during post production, right. but I think he he had a vision for it to, you know, at some point be converted into black and white. Like I remember, it was really it was re released a couple of months later. Um, and it had a limited run in in black and white, like the the noir version. And if you get the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray has both both versions of it too. Oh, does it? Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't bought the Blu-ray, uh, so I'm gonna uh, check that out. But I, I just I just know that's that's what that's how it's like. I'm gonna check that out, man. I'm gonna try to see if I can get that because yeah, definitely. It's funny you brought that up because I was just thinking about movies I would love to see again because we were talking about Black Panther and seeing that again. Uh, I definitely need to watch Logan again. I definitely need to go back and watch uh, Civil War again. Um, yeah, I want to watch Doctor Strange again I too. Watch I Doctor like Strange Doctor again. Strange a lot. Yeah, I got to watch Doctor Strange again. Um, usually, I give these these most of these Marvel movies like one runs, you know. But for now, I, but I definitely need to to to, to tighten up on some of the stuff. I got I got to see Black Panther again. Um, yeah, and I mean, take advantage while Netflix has them because once Disney runs shop and they come out with their subscription service next year, it's over. Oh, they take, yeah, they're taking all that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're fucking take. The only thing that they're not taking is the uh, the the Marvel Netflix series because those are already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for for <laughs> for the foreseeable future, they're leaving those alone. Yeah. Thank goodness. But everything else, they're taking Disney movies. They're taking the Marvel movies. They're possibly taking the Fox movies. Man. So, like, there's a, they're so, just, they're, so they're merging with Marvel, huh? Well, from what I'm from what I'm understanding, it's not officially signed, and and it, no one is officially signed on the dotted line yet because supposedly Universal is still trying to outbid Disney to acquire Fox, but oh. they're not going to do that. I, I don't think Universal can really compete with Disney. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Disney is essentially like. That, that's that's what the deal entails that they would acquire uh the 21st century fox the the fx tv series Got all it. that shit like wow you know wow yeah and that's that's huge you know what i mean because they they, they would pretty much own like almost everything yeah. at that point <laughs> yeah because i know hulu uh i think fox owns half of hulu i think that's that's what their working relationship is so they would they would enter a working relationship with Hulu as well where I think they would own some of their content also. Hmm. And maybe we maybe 
Fox uh, would put some of their programming on Hulu or their movies at least. Uh, yeah, possibly. The only thing that Disney is not doing with this subscription service is um, they're not having any R-rated content. So the highest that you'll get is PG-13. Really? Because you know it's it's Disney at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, no, I get it. To... Listen, man, it's Disney. I get it. Mickey Mouse smiles, happiness. I get it. But think of it, but think of it this way: they're gonna own the entire Star Wars franchise, the entire Marvel Studios brand, and then some. Wow. That's all you gotta say. That that that's that's worth the price of the monthly payment. <laughs> just just off the top of my head, I'm just like. That's that's gonna have a lot of replay value. Wow, that's man, owning that Star Wars. I mean, yo, you can't go wrong with that. Like, depending on how it is, because I know you know I have a young one, obviously, and and my my fiance, she's very fond of all those old Disney movies. So we we may just end up jumping ship and canceling Netflix and going to the Disney shit. Listen, man, if they have a good lineup. That might be the that might be the the way to go, man. I mean, man, that's a hell of a catalog. Jesus. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's everything that you need. You're right. They're, gonna, uh... you're right, they're <laughs> gonna end up owning everything. So they're gonna end up yeah, owning it's, it's, everything. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they're obviously not gonna put the Die Hard franchise on it because that's R rated. But right. you know what I mean? Like any other Fox property that that's PG thirteen, like that. I, I'm assuming that that it would be there. Damn. Well, we'll see, man. A couple more years. We'll see what Disney's has up its sleeves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they just end up buying Netflix. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I know. Who knows? <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, man. But any any last thoughts uh, on Black Panther? Uh, listen, man. Black Panther, like I said before, uh, it was a great film all around. Uh, I think we hit on some major points uh, as far as uh, socially and culturally, um, how it was, you know, how it affects or affected people of color to see that portrayal of people of color on screen. Um, it's just a must-see, man. Just go out, see it, spend money multiple times to see it. It deserves it. Um, it's a piece of uh, cinematic artwork that most people, all people, should see. Uh, not just people of color, but uh, it was an awesome superhero Marvel movie at the end of the day as well. You can't forget that aspect. So, uh, great, great first run for Black Panther, I must say. Uh, oh, yeah. Guys, got, can't wait to see these sequels. Um, can't wait to, you know, see what Infinity War brings, um, how it develops or, or, or lengthens out the story a little bit. Um, great character development, great storytelling. Um, uh, really, really critical with the uh, the cultural aspects of the film, uh, from music to the African hair, uh, as far as like their different hairstyles and African garb, as far as their wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it it it, it was authentic, and it it, it it was really great to watch, man. Must see. Absolutely, I'm anticipating you posting more about that, especially because it's Black History Month uh, yes. on on your scriptly adapted pages. Yes, on Scribbly Adapted, we'll, we'll be, I'll, I'm posting part two of my quickie on Black Panther. Uh, and then um, I'm going to do, you know, we're going to do more, you know, Black History Month ain't over yet. So we're going to be celebrating more people of uh, in the arts. Um, 
from actors to to the films to actresses and um yeah man, we're just gonna keep doing our thing for the month of february awesome awesome man well thank you so much Kyote. uh it's always been a pleasure my friend it's it's always a pleasure to talk to you my friend we we gotta do this more often uh what's next on the docket you let me know you let me know you know uh that's that's funny that you mentioned what's next because Ronda Rousey signs a WWE contract this Sunday at Elimination Chamber. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so okay. We might have to talk about how painstakingly yeah. bad that segment is. Ah, now I'm very excited for this Elimination Chamber. I forgot all about that. You're right. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's uh yeah, we'll 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 keep in touch. We'll we'll play that by ear. Absolutely, for sure. man. Absolutely. All right, man. You you take care of yourself. Have a good one, Lewis. Have a good night. All right, man. Black Panther was great. It was excellent. It was awe-inspiring. And it damn sure made me proud to be a man of color and witness this crowning achievement because that's truly what it was. And I am looking forward to watching it again. May is going to be a really crazy month for superhero movies this year. May 4th, you have the epic I Can't Wait avengers infinity war two weeks later you have deadpool 2 which i'm also really excited for and then two weeks after that memorial day weekend or it might even be a week later uh not, not necessarily a it's not a superhero movie but you have solo a star wars story so disney is just like owning may May is going to be a big, big, big pre-ticket sales month because if you're not, <laughs> if you're not buying sales when they're, uh, well, if you're not buying tickets when they're going on the pre-sale for the, these three films, good luck. That's that's all I can say. Good luck. You know what's interesting? I'm going to bring this up the next time I have a conversation that's Marvel related on a future episode of AYNE. But this May commemorates the 10th anniversary of not just Marvel Studio releases from the very first Iron Man that came out May 2nd, 2008, but it also marks the 10th anniversary of my viewing of these Marvel Studios films on the big screen. I have seen since Iron Man... I have seen every single Marvel Studios film on the big screen in the movie theater. Now, again, I emphasize Marvel Studios because I, I'm i not including the X-Men movies, which I have seen in the movie theater, but I'm not including like the other properties. I'm talking the Marvel Studios. It's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hulk, The Avengers, Black Panther, Ant-Man. Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, those movies. I've seen every single one of them on the big screen, and I plan on continuing that streak. So, got to give myself a little pat on the back. Anyway, awesome conversation yet again with Kyote Howard of Scriptly Adapted. I wanted to also mention that if you want to listen to AYNE and all my episodes in their entirety... And you're finding it difficult to listen to it through the the browser, the the browser link. Just download the Anchor app. 
install the anchor app on your phone it's free it's harmless and it it it, it won't it trust me it'll make for a much much more pleasurable listening experience so download the anchor app but you can also just go straight to anchor.fm slash a-y-n-e until next time folks i am lewis mercedes are you not entertained